Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated BF Goodrich All-Terrain TAKO2. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't-miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. The Volume. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fam? It's me, Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire for holy cow wednesday january 2nd 2024 welcome to the new year hope everybody had a safe new year's eve uh got a lot of fun notes jay where's the podcast come on new year's day what's going on we got bowl games come on where are you huh? <laughs> well you know boy needs to take a couple days off uh would definitely be traveling if the show were off but uh you know the herd is on uh no days off this week and um listen i'll say it worked out pretty well with not having a podcast yesterday, because uh, well, as we'll talk about a, briefly later in the pod, um, NFL did not go great for me Sunday. But fortunately, we had the college football playoff games on Monday, and you know we were expecting two classics, and we got like one and a half classics. I will say, uh, uh, we'll, we'll do Washington and Texas a little bit later. But I was just so frustrated with Texas that in the third quarter, uh, I started watching this Netflix movie, Leave the World Behind. Uh, apparently it's one of these psychological thrillers, and it's pretty good. I was just so frustrated with Texas, but we'll get to that shortly. I was on a high for Michigan-Alabama. Holy hell. I know you guys um, were as well. It's just when every single thing goes your way, and you get a little lucky, uh, and it's amazing theater, it just feels great. And for Michigan to pull that one out in overtime— just everything hit. I'm just so happy for Jim Harbaugh. I know all these people, as soon as I put that on social media, oh, you like a cheater? You're rooting for that cheater? Oh, gosh, he's the worst. I'm like, come on. I mean, Harbaugh lost six straight bowl games, okay? Last two times he went to the playoff, he got his butt kicked, and then they lose a heartbreaker to TCU when they were heavily favored. And it was just like, I'm happy for him. I thought this was a great game, and and I think you could sum it up in that the bully, Alabama has been a bully in college football for two decades now, since basically Saban got there. The bully got bullied. That's what happened. Um, Michigan dominated the line of scrimmage, as we predicted. Michigan basically pushed around Alabama to the point they had six sacks of Jalen Milrow, five in the first half. If you guys remember, um, Georgia only got to Milrow four times the entire SEC championship game. Michigan, two sacks on the first series, set the tone. Five in the first half, six for the game. 
Just a tremendous effort. They had 10 tackles for loss. But here's the best part. So in the pregame, ESPN cameras were like following the Alabama linemen. And, you know, these are the Alabama linemen. They think this stuff. So guess what? They decided to put on their headphones and walk on the Michigan sideline before the game. Now, but they were not in pads or anything. They're these hulking 6'4", 6'5", monsters, you know, trying to set the tone. We in here. We, we big. And they did. They, the best part is they got destroyed by Michigan at the line of scrimmage. Point of attack, they got crushed. Uh, but overall, it was an awesome game. Michigan tried their best to blow it with massive special teams blunders. I mean, you know, fumbled punt led to an Alabama touchdown. You had the missed extra point. Like, it, nothing was good. And, of course, Alabama, which hasn't had a kicker ever, ends up with two 50-yard field goals. And you're like, oh, my goodness. But ultimately, I could not have asked for more when J.J. McCarthy, a guy who's been much maligned, well, what has he done without the the cheating stallions? He's done nothing. You saw that dumb CBS graphic. I put it on my IG uh, over the weekend. But it's like, everybody's taking shots at McCarthy. He's not a real quarterback. Come on. He's not accurate. Blah, blah, blah. And he gets the ball back a little less than four minutes left. And McCarthy's got to go the length of the field against an Alabama defense that is... You know, good. Not a not the best defense ever. They got two defensive ends that are pros. They got the kid Kool-Aid McKinstry in the secondary. And what does McCarthy do? Bing, bang, boom, right down the field. Uh, that was a heroic TD drive. I mean, McCarthy was nails. I, I will probably be in the minority here. Rob G might disagree. But I didn't love the whole, uh, let's gimmick and bring in like the, the, the running quarterback dude, um, whoever, I think he was number 10, let's bring him in to give a change, a different look to Alabama. I felt like that got McCarthy off rhythm. And, you know, I, I was texting uh, the guy who I play um, in my men's league with. He played quarterback at Notre Dame. I'm like, dude, you guys had to have hate this. He's like, yeah, on the sideline, it's not like the guy you're bringing in is throwing to get warmed up and get loose in case he's got to throw. He's not loose. He's just coming in to do some running, and Alabama knew it, and they snuffed it out both times. And finally, they kicked that to the curb, and J.J. McCarthy comes through with a nails drive, and then they they get a defensive stop there um, and force overtime, and then Blake Corum, you know, looked like a beast. If you guys watch um, somebody, I guess they showed the overhead shot of Blake Corum, and he came into the line of scrimmage on, on the carry, and it was like packed. And he did this incredible jump cut. I'm not comparing him to Barry Sanders, but it's the kind of stuff Barry Sanders type dudes do, where you just come up and then pow, you just pounce outside, and all of a sudden, oh my goodness, he's loose, touchdown. And it's just like, it was awesome. And I, I don't know, this Michigan team I can really like a lot. I do think they're going to have some problems uh, in the championship. We'll get to that shortly. But I don't know, it was just one of those, I, I hyped McCarthy's running ability. He his rushing prop hit over one and a half touchdowns hit. It was just a glorious day for people who like McCarthy. Now, um, this whole Milrow situation is weird. When last we saw him against Georgia, it was like, oh, he's figured some stuff out. He's not a turnover machine. The one that he was earlier in the season would got him benched against Texas. And he started to unlock some things on the ground game in the third quarter. But you could just tell that whole game, like Nick Saban, and Reese, uh, Tommy Reese, the former Notre Dame quarterback, who's the OC of Alabama, they didn't trust him, and, and it just it did not feel like they thought he could deliver for them. So they made you know they kept it really simple, and as a result, the offense really didn't do jack squat. Uh, I, I'm looking here; they had 288 yards of total offense, three for 13 on third down. Like Michigan was uh, clearly the better team; they nearly blew it thanks to special teams, but 
uh, ultimately, Michigan pulls out the dub. I don't know, Rob. I was super impressed. I loved the game. I thought it was a classic college football uh, playoff game. And uh, I don't know. I, I, I'm happy to see Michigan in the championship. Oh, I mean, I can't say I'm happy to see Michigan in the championship, but it was a good game. Um, actually, you know what? I'm not going to say it was a good game. It, it, okay. It was not the best played game. I thought yeah, yeah, that yeah. the nightcap, uh, Texas and Washington, even though, you know, huh. there was some sloppiness on Texas's part. We'll get to that in a minute. You know, but it looked like both Michigan and Alabama couldn't help but shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over. You mentioned that the Michigan special teams was just an absolute dumpster fire. I mean, it, it, to be, to outplay a team the way that they did, because they thoroughly outplayed Alabama in this game. But for it to be that close was direct result of poor special teams play. You had the um, you know the the one at the end that almost the the game ceiling safety oh, that was gosh, you know six inches away that. from the goal line. Yeah, you got brutal. the 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 bat snap extra point, and, and it was just it was a comedy of errors for Michigan. However, their defensive line absolutely wrecked anything that Alabama had going for them. You mentioned the two hundred eighty eight total yards for Alabama. That is. Mostly in part because of the sacks and the tackles for loss. They sacked Jalen Milrow six times. They had 10 total tackles for loss. The Michigan defense did. All right. Milrow was pressured 13 times on 33 dropbacks. I mean, it it was eerily similar to that Dallas Cowboys, New York Giants game we saw earlier in the NFL season. Like it was, he was under siege almost every time he got the snap. And because Michigan's special teams was poor, because Michigan, and this might be to come back to haunt them in the championship game, it seemed like Jim Harbaugh's staff got a little too cute at, you know, they didn't need to in certain, I think they ran at least that I recall three different trick plays. If you run one in a game, that's a lot. So for them to have two throwback passes and a flea flicker, which one of them costed them a a 10-yard loss that took them out of field goal range, like you can't afford that kind of stuff when the other team has, you know, a, a competent offense, which yeah. they're going to see in the championship game. So that's number one. Number two, you know, it, it's hard for me to get really behind this Michigan. I'm, be, I'm one of those guys. I'll be quite honest with you. Well, like the, the, cheating, the, the, the so. cheating scandal is not something that sits well with me. Um, their, their fan base as a whole to me, mostly because of this cheating scandal, has been a little unsavory the way that they've responded to certain things. Um, they kind of have this us against the world mentality, like they're victims somehow in this situation when there's now multiple investigations involving their school and their football program. So I don't know how you can play the victim in that regard, but um, look, they won the game. That's all that matters. I was shocked that they won in the way that they did because I, we said on this podcast about a month ago when this game was announced that I had, Alabama, as soon as the line came out, I put some money on it. Now, I didn't bet Jason McIntyre money, but I put some money on it and I lost. And for them to lo- for me to lose on a fourth and three quarterback power draw play was not the ideal situation. Yeah, I know. So I think that's the, the other big controversy was was that play call at that time. What did you think about that? Well, it looked a little bit like I did see a replay where the guard was pulling and Milrow was supposed to take it up the middle and bounce it outside. But the guy from Michigan came off the edge so quickly that I think Milrow just panicked and was like, let me just try to wedge it up the middle and see what I can do. Um, 
obviously you don't like that call because you're extremely limited running into that middle of the of the pack where Michigan's dominated the game. I don't know, just it, it, not not a great ending for Saban and Reese. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Kumo tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Kumo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews, and be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Football is back. No more preseason games. The regular season is here. While we all love watching our favorite teams on television, there is nothing better than being at a game live and in person. And the best way to get tickets to any of these games is on GameTime, the fastest-growing ticketing app in the U.S. For last-minute amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite football teams this September, download GameTime. And it's not just football. GameTime has tickets to baseball games, concerts, and comedy shows across the country. Download the GameTime app and redeem code JMAC for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the GameTime app and enter code JMAC. That's J-M-A-C for $20 off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. But it's good to get new blood in the championship game, you know? Like, we see... uh, we see Alabama in there every year. We see Georgia in the SEC. It's good to not have the SEC in, in the championship. At least that's how I see it. Um, and now we'll get you know Michigan against the the um, Pac-12. Well, whatever's left of the Pac-12. And it's it, what's really interesting about the Pac-12, Rob, is that they're done. <laughs> it's done now. And in their last foray into the college football championship, and um, it's shocking. They might win this game against Michigan. I don't know, Rob. Uh, I, 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 as good as I thought Michigan played, like you said, it wasn't the, a beautiful game. And then you look at that Texas-Washington nightcap, which seemed like it was a marathon game because of all the passing. And it's like, well, how do you stop Michael Penix? I don't—listen, maybe everybody was too low on Penix, Rob. It's possible. 
Um, we know about the injuries and the age, and he turns 24, I think, in in like April or May. And obviously, there's a lot to like about him. He was tremendous this year. The performance that he put forth as he's slinging it all over Texas, and you knew Texas was in trouble with the secondary. They just they weren't very good, but you thought they would adjust, obviously, and they clearly did not. Um, Rob, the guy, and I know everybody's going to compare him to Tua, obviously. Um, the guy that I think I saw, I, I know this is going to sound crazy. Don't don't freak out, people. But I saw what appeared to me like Joe Burrow making that quantum leap. If you guys remember, Joe Burrow transferred from Ohio State to LSU. In year one was mediocre, pedestrian, like, I don't know, 15 touchdowns, nine picks, whatever the numbers were, they were mediocre. And all of a sudden, he gets Jamar Chase. And, or maybe Jamar Chase, um, yeah, I think he, Jamar Chase was maybe a red shirt or he was like a, a young guy and then he, he blew up. But him and Jamar Chase click. And Joe Burrow has the greatest single season Ever for a college football player. Ever. And and Burrow was unstoppable. And it's like, where did this guy come from? And I still had my doubts. And I was like, I don't know, man. It's just one season. Like, you know, we have a couple years here of Burrow, and he wasn't great. And now Burrow's in the NFL, and he's really, really good. And I just wonder with Penix, Rob, is there a chance that because he started in Indiana, and he's been in college forever, and he's a lefty, and he's got the two ACLs. It's like, oh, he's a good story. But you watch this ball placement on these bombs. And and my I thought it would be easy for Texas. Okay, we know he's going to he wants to throw deep. Like Russell Wilson did in uh in his time in Seattle, right? That was Russell Wilson's uh, that was his go-to. I'm just going to throw it deep and DK Metcalf and Lockett are going to run under it. Well, like 4 years ago, Defenses realized, let's just play the two high shell, take away the deep bomb. Russ beat us underneath, and all of a sudden, like, Russ couldn't, and he didn't have the patience. And I thought, oh, Texas will just come in and do that, play the safeties deep, say, go ahead, we'll give you the run, we'll concede, we like our defensive front, and then throw the throw the underneath stuff. Mike, go for it. And then, like, the first series, Penix is thrown to a wide-open guy for, like, a 70-yard play. And they're like, oh, boy, Texas is in trouble. They, they don't get it here. And they didn't. I mean, Penix was slinging it 430 yards passing in what was one of the truly great playoff performances we've seen. I, I, I think Burrow had more when, when he threw like a billion touchdowns and they scored like 69 points on Oklahoma or whatever it was. But, I mean, Penix was just tremendous. And I don't. I know he's got NFL receivers. Uh, Odunaze is going to be a top 15 pick, maybe top 10. Uh, Polk is very, very good. McMillan is very, very good. Like, these guys are super talented. And I, I'm just... I keep going back, and you guys aren't going to like this, but Vince Vaughn in Wedding Crashers where they're playing football, and Vince Vaughn goes, yeah, I was all state. I can make it rain out here. I can put the ball anywhere you want. And I'm watching Penix out there, Rob, and and throw after throw. It's small pockets. It's 50 yards down the field to a a guy in stride. It's to a guy going across the field. Uh, I mean, he's making every throw. There's not anything that he can't do. And I'm just stunned. Like, I even saw a little running ability. Not a ton, but some scrambling. Uh, I, listen, I, you, quarterback is the toughest position to evaluate, and everybody's a little down on lefties and the injuries. Rob, I'm just saying, like, I, I know people love Jaden Daniels, the running ability, everything. I, I like Jaden Daniels. I'm just saying, this, this kid panics right now? After that performance, and let's see against Michigan, the number one defense in the country. We'll see. I don't know. I, I, I'm not going to doubt Michael Penix anymore. Yeah, you shouldn't. 
uh, you know, Michael Penix is going to be one of those fascinating guys to evaluate because, as you mentioned, the age, number one, but the bigger thing to me is his injury history. Yeah. Um, now, he's been healthy the last two years, so hopefully he's moved past that because what we saw last night and what we've basically seen the last two years in Washington is an all-world caliber quarterback. Um, you know, you you touched on the, the Tua reference, and I also thought that was kind of online a little bit last night. I thought that he reminds me of Tua. And I know some people will kind of scoff at that, but picture this. Tua, even before this Tyreek Hill situation and he arrived with, with Mike McDaniel, that offense, Tua was always known as a very accurate thrower of the football, going back to Alabama. Like, either like, hey, if he was bigger, he, there would be no question he'd be the number one overall pick because he's so accurate, throws th- such great anticipation. Well, Penix has the size. The, he's a little bit, t- he's bigger than Tua. And he has the arm strength that Tua just quite frankly does not have. So if you could get Tua with a stronger arm, like the sky's the limit. Yeah. And that's the kind of caliber of talent that that Michael Penix Jr. is. Watching him last night and watching him throughout his college career, the only hope then is that He's able to avoid these injuries, and he gets to an NFL franchise that has a creative play caller that's going to take advantage of his skill set. Because when he is kept healthy, or excuse me, yeah. when he is kept upright in the in the pocket, I don't know how many guys I've seen in recent college memory that can sling it better than him. Yeah, it's it's going to be an incredible matchup. You've got essentially uh, an NFL offense. Kalen DeBoer's team has, uh, I think, three NFL receivers plus an NFL quarterback. Probably two of those guys are in the first round, maybe three against the best defense in the country. Now, it for Michigan, you're, it's a major step up in class. Jalen Milrow is not going to beat you uh, with his arm. And you saw that Michigan was able to just send the house and blitz and confuse out. You know, um, the Baltimore Ravens defensive coordinator is McDonald, who came from Michigan. And the way Michigan was scheming their defense, Rob, it looked like Milrow didn't know where the blitz was coming from. He was clueless as to where the pressure was coming from. And he was, I mean, either not processing quickly enough or just flat out like, I don't know what's happening. And he was rattled. I don't know that you're going to get that same impact against a guy like Penix, who seemingly is just such a cool cucumber. Or do they still say that? Cool as a cucumber in the pocket? Who's just read, react, and just making all the throws. Like, it's going to be a tremendous game. Now, I I mean, I, I kind of want to lean Michigan, you know, it, it, uh, but the well, the new saying is a good offense always good to, beats a good defense. I just, I wonder if Michigan will be able to bully them so much running the football, the more you can keep uh, him off the field. I, I, I do think you've got a good chance if, if Penix is off the field. Like Michigan will have a shot to win the game. Yeah, that's also what it's going to come down to because we saw last night. Now I know that they came up short a little bit, but... Texas's front four or front seven was doing a fine job against that Washington offensive line. Like they were making Penix move off his spot. And and the credit to him, though, you mentioned he's cool as a cucumber. He didn't really ever get rattled in the pocket. He'd step up, slide left, right, forward, back, and complete the pass. He was doing everything he needed to do to get the passes completed. I think you're going to see a lot of the same thing against Michigan. The difference is I think that Michigan's front four is much better than what Texas has. And it's ultimately going to come down to, will the Michigan defensive line be able to disrupt the passing attack in such a way that Washington with Penix and those receivers cannot take advantage of the secondary? 
Yeah, it, it's going to be a tremendous matchup. Now, Texas fought hard, uh, Quinn Ewers, just a little too late uh, with that comeback there at the end. It's just a tremendous game. Listen, Rob, I will say the largest takeaway for me is this transfer portal has really leveled the playing field. There was no dominant team this year. There just wasn't. Uh, as good as Michigan has been, as great as Washington. Remember, Washington was a 10-point dog to Oregon a month ago in the Pac-12 title game, okay? Um, Georgia c- clearly lost lost guys to the NFL. Next year with a 12-team playoff? You got to be kidding. I mean, th- th- it's going to be so much fun. I, I, I College football, real, like if you go, you know, we like to talk about stock and you can buy stock in Michael Penix or Joe Burrow. Like if you can buy stock in college football, a 12-team playoff. And I don't want to hear, well, wait a minute, there aren't 12 good teams. I don't care. You get some of these good coaches, I think it's scheme up anything. All you need is one game, 60 minutes. Now, the college basketball, we see this all the time. Obviously, there's way more variance in college basketball with the three-pointer. Um, but I just, like, in the NBA, this stuff doesn't really happen as much. Rob, we've seen it. Like, you need se- you need to win four of seven. You can fluke your way to one win. Maybe two. Seven? Very, very difficult. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm super pumped for college football next year. Um, I... I I guess final thoughts, Rob. Where are you on the um, the whole like Nick Saban complaining after the game? We got to get to the transfer portal. Uh, we need to pick up our NI. Like he sounded like he was the kind of guy who was um, I don't know a little salty after after losing. I don't know if you saw that stuff. Well, yeah, it's because he's not used to losing. You know, I mean, there was a reason why I was so adamant about betting on Alabama when that play was or the game was announced was because. Hey, you give Nick Saban a month to prepare. I don't care who he's going against. I'm probably going to pick Nick Saban, right? And so for his team to lose the way they did, again, Michigan outplayed Alabama that entire game, right? And were it not for some miscues on Michigan's part, not really anything that Alabama did. Michigan lost that game or would have lost that game more than Alabama would have won that game had yeah. it gone the other way. And so for his team to lose the way that they did, I understand him being even more of a red ass than normal, right? Like that, that's kind of who he is. And so, you know, the, the, the one thing I thought was funny was that um, after the game, everyone was talking about the, the, the play call, the fourth down and the quarterback power. And Nicole Arbach, who covers football for the athletic, college sports for the athletic, they interviewed uh, several people on both sides. And you mentioned they, they had a timeout because Alabama had a play they liked. Michigan recognizes it, timeout. They come out with the different formation, same play. And this time when they put the guy in motion, Nick Saban doesn't like it, so he calls timeout. They come to the third time, and they had the same play all three times with a different formation. And even the Michigan defenders were saying, we knew as soon as it was empty formation what the play was. Yep. And so that comes down to coaching. That means that you're too predictable, that that you basically got out-schemed, out-coached by the Michigan coaching staff. And this time they didn't have the science dealing to work in their favor. So it was just a flat out loss for the Crimson Tide. Yeah. And now we get another week of Jim Harbaugh possibly, possibly going to the NFL, which I think is a lock. Anyways. uh, All right. Let's get to the NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere. Like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. 
we haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win! Unbelievable! When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You put it off long enough, it's time to replace your tires. Tire Rack has tires that will elevate your drive. Touring tires for commuter comfort. Performance tires for sporty handling. All-terrain tires for on- and off-road adventure. Go to TireRack.com to get started. Not sure where to begin? Use the Tire Decision Guide to get a personalized tire recommendation. The right tires for how, what, and where you drive. Choose from the full line of Toyo Tires. Ship fast and free to a recommended installer near you. Or choose the convenience of mobile tire installation. They'll bring your new tires to your home or office and install them on site. Doesn't get much easier than that. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin to see their Toyo test results, tire ratings, and consumer reviews. And be sure to check out all their current special offers. Great tires, great deal. What more could you ask for? That's TireRack.com slash Colin. TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code STRAIGHTFIRE. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code straight fire only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. 21 and up, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So obviously college football was the big story this morning. However, it would be remiss of this podcast to not bring up the NFL. Week 17, not kind to your boy. Uh, my worst week of the season a robust 0-5 in the contest. Man, I took it on the chin. Everything went against me. Had some bad breaks late. Um, even the total of Vikings-Packers Sunday night, I had 42, and it landed 40. Uh, it landed like, I missed it by a point or a half point. Oh, no, I had 43 and a half. It landed 43. Just nothing went my way. But you know what? You don't gloat too much over the wins. Uh, you don't get too down over the losses. However, my big takeaway, and we'll get to some of the other stuff like later in the week. I'm not going to do Cowboys-Lions now. That's kind of silly. However, Sunday Night Football, Jordan Love lights up the Vikings, looks really good, and Packers are now in the mix. You know, Week 18, things break their way. They get a win. They could sneak in the playoffs. And it's weird. I'm not going to get into it yet. Cowboys 
would be a pretty fascinating first-round game if Dallas gets a two, which everybody expects. McCarthy against his former team. And Jordan Love has this Packers offense looking kind of sort of good. The defense remains terrible. But one of the big things is all these people got upset with me over the weekend when last week I was telling Cowherd on the herd, like, I'm not in on Jordan Love. Like, three years sitting on the bench, you'd expect a guy to come out and just sling it and dominate, and he's been up and down. And here's where it gets interesting. And and Packers fans, I need you to just kind of be realistic for a moment. Okay? Jordan Love was pretty damn good. The numbers say he was like a top 12 quarterback most of the season. Now, he did have his low points. So just remember that. He was played like at the level of a top 12 quarterback. And he had a young team, a lot of injuries to Jones and Watson and blah, blah, blah. But remember, they... He had his rookie deal. They tore it up and said, we'll give you a, a new one plus one, kind of a prove it deal. And Jordan Love, who didn't really have a chance, was like, yeah, sure, okay. So Jordan Love went out and proved he's worth a quarterback contract. And a lot of people have stacked up the Aaron Rodgers um, first year after sitting versus Jordan Love first year after sitting. And they're similar, and Jordan Love was kind of better in some of the areas. And Aaron Rodgers signed, as I think at the time, a six-year, $63 million deal, which was pretty team-friendly. And guess what? Packers won a Super Bowl. They were like, I think they went to an NFC Championship game. They were in the playoffs every year. So we know Jordan Love has proved it, and he kind of did. And the Green Bay Packers, who, I, I mean, I don't know where they are with Love, but they went through issues with Favre at the end, with Rodgers at the end. Interesting setting. So I floated on social media. Well, the Packers are going to have to. They're going to have to pay him. And everybody said, No, 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 no. Um, he he's got one more year left. And I was like, Guys, no quarterback is going into his final year of his deal without a new contract. They're just not doing that. Uh, as evidence, Kirk Cousins. He said, You know what? Final year of my deal, and then I'll hit free agency. Ruptures his Achilles. Nobody's going after him in in free agency. He's not getting a big deal. He missed his window. He didn't get the security either from the Vikings or elsewhere. Or he couldn't get it elsewhere. So Jordan Love is going to go to the Packers and be like, all right, guys, going into my final year, let's talk turkey. And, you know, Rob, I think Rob's a realist here. He sees that the Packers are going to be like, well, well we, we just restructured you last year. And he's going to be like, yeah, you basically said, here's a prove-it deal, and I proved it. Now show me the friggin' money. Daniel Jones out here getting about 40 per year. Deshaun Watson at like 46, Kyler Murray 46. Guys, um, I, I, I mean, I, I have as many playoff wins as Kyler Murray. And... Look at the numbers. I'm, uh, they're they're right there with Kyler Murray. Now there's just one year, and then but what do the Packers do, Rob? And, and I maintain that you know they can't say nope. We're going to have you play out this deal. I don't think you do that. I mean, then then you run the risk of pissing off Love. Love saying, you know what? I'm going to hold out. He's in, well within his right. He's only 25. He's in his prime earning years. Um, they could they could you know they could really play hardball and say we're not we're just going to tag you anyway we'll tag you for the next two seasons fine uh that by the way drove Kirk cousins out of washington look how washington's done since cousins left like it this is not easy and if you're being a realist rob and jordan loves agency by the way athletes first who represented wait for it aaron Rodgers. uh like rob you're the packers what do you say when jordan love comes knocking and says show me the money what, like what do you do it's not easy it's not easy. And I'll tell you what, whatever they decide is going to have a huge impact. Excuse me. What happens this upcoming Sunday night is going to have a huge impact on what they decide because they're basically at a win and end situation against Chicago at home, right? Jordan Love, first year starter, you mentioned that. Lest we forget, though, cheapest wide receiver group in the NFL, Fair. cheapest tight end group in the NFL, 40 plus million dollars dead cap for Aaron Rodgers. Mm. And most of the season, you know, 
parts of here and there. They were down Aaron Jones. They're down the top two corners. They're down Bakhtiari. They're down um, uh, Christian Watson. They're down their, their tight end. So with all of that working against him, Jordan Love still performed like a top 10-ish quarterback, at least statistically. Fair. So he has ammunition if he wants to go to the negotiation table and pound for more money, which I recommend that he should because in the NFL, they don't call the not for long league for nothing, right? You got to strike while the iron is hot. Oh, yeah. On the flip side, though, if you're Green Bay, it's just one year. It's it's not like, hey, we definitely saw enough from Jordan Love to declare he's the guy. He he came on late at the end and played well early on in the season. The the touchdowns didn't really match what the the actual quarterback performance was, so to speak. I think earlier on we talked about it early in the season. But he also hasn't been terrible. So I think if you're Green Bay, what you're gonna have to do is be willing to get uncomfortable and say, no, we are not going to extend you. We are going to play one more season out and then we'll make that decision because we've seen too many teams get burned by this exact scenario. You brought it up. Daniel Jones is exhibit A, B, and C to this why you do not pay a guy until you've seen a longer body of work of successful play. Uh, I, so I'm looking at, you know, again, a lot of people look at completion percentage, yards, all that stuff. Uh, what The big numbers that seem to matter now are EPA, and success rate. So I'm co- I called up this website. It's called RBSDM, runningbackstilldontmatter.com. Ha ha ha. Now as it's going to kill people when they hear this, but number 1 is Brock Purdy, number 2 is Dak Prescott. Lamar, EPA per play by the way, lower than Jordan Love. Jordan Love checks in, it looks like he is 6th in EPA per play. It's like, whoa, well, maybe Jordan Love's better. Well, what about success rate? Jordan Love, 47%, a shade below Mahomes. Uh, right there with uh, a little bit below Jalen Hurts. Um, but he's certainly like top, it looks like top 11 in success rate. So like Jordan Love's been pretty good. Now I know a lot of these new stats people aren't going to get into. Well, you know one, Rob, air yards, right? Are you dinking and dunking, which is a lot of Daniel Jones and running, or are you, you know, chucking and ducking? Can you can you push the ball down the field, splash plays? Uh, air yards, this is a little surprising. Jalen Hurts, 8.4. Brock Purdy, 8.1. Lamar Jackson, 8.7 is number one. Number two, Jordan Love throwing the ball down the field. Now, he's tied with Baker Mayfield. We know Baker. Um, oh, I'm sorry. Jordan Love is number three. C.J. Stroud is number one at nine. Um, we know he, he's he been heaving the ball deep. But, like, Jordan Love is, like, doing this down the field. No more of this checkdown stuff. He has graduated from Charlie Checkdown early in the season, dump off to... Oh, Christian Watson's down the field? I got to sling it. And he's doing it with, as you said, Jalen Reed, Dontavious Wicks. Uh, guys, like, I, I don't know. There was a, there was a, somebody named Heath that I, I don't even know who that is. And it's just like Hurts is kind of pretty impressive. Now, here's a weird thing, Rob. Look at the division that he's in. The only quarterback locked in for next year, you could say for sure this team has their quarterback, is the Lions of Jared Goff. Because the Bears probably drafting one, but I guess there's like a 25% chance they keep Justin Fields. I would say lower. Minnesota Vikings, Cousins, where's he going to sign? Does he come back on a cheap deal? Do they get in the mix for Russell Wilson? I don't know. And then you've got Jordan Love. Like, there's a chance if you do the right thing here with Love, pay him what you should. Uh, Is there a case they win the division next year? I mean, there's a case they win the division even if they don't pay him, though. Right? I mean, like, look. Well, wait a minute. Who? Who's the quarterback if they don't pay him? And he says, I'm going to sit out. But do you really think he's going to do that? 
Like like one thing I'm that we've seen think. historically, I don't I don't recall any quarterbacks who have actually sat out like that. Because well, Lam- quarterbacks, oh, yeah, Lamar Jackson, he was holding out, he was causing all this blah blah drama, 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 and the Ravens eventually capitulate, give him big money. Um, I don't know, he didn't necessarily get the fully guaranteed deal, but Rob, no. in hindsight, like I, I don't. Should not have half the league gone after Lamar Jackson. Oh, he got hurt in the last couple of games, the last two years. I don't know if you could pay him. Uh, he's healthy. They gave him weapons. That's the number one team in the league now, right? Right. So <laughs> couldn't you it's say the same for you, thing? You, you, were, you were on the Lamar Jackson train early, early, early. I wanted the Jets to get him. And it's got to hurt now to see oh, what he's morphed into this season. It stings badly. I, I just I, I don't see the argument against paying him and just saying you know what uh, the market says it starts with a four um and you know we're going to structure it so you get more later i don't it's got to obviously work for the team but they're not paying any like you said youngest receivers in the league they can move off some of these highly paid defenders like jair alexander that buffoon um you know they i know they need some help on the offensive line but i, I think they're going to be in okay shape regardless now i think aaron jones might be a cap casualty um but he's never healthy anyway right I don't know. I just, to me, the Jordan Love Packers thing is super fascinating to watch. Yeah. I mean, I guess even though I probably wouldn't, if it was making that decision, I wouldn't pay him right now. The case for paying him is he's closing the season, heading into week 18, 16 touchdowns, one pick over the last month and a half. Mm. You know, he's doing this with a, a hodgepodge of players in and out of the lineup, never really having his full squad in front of him. And to your point, they're so cheap around him. So if you're going to miss and miss big, you have to do so knowing that you can work around it in other areas. And because everybody else, at least their key players, are either expiring and leaving, a la Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon could be cap moved on, I believe, for free at the end of the season. I think I think uh, A.J. Dillon's a free agent, to be honest, after this season. Um, I think Bakhtiari, they can move off of pretty cheaply this offseason if they wanted to. And he hasn't been healthy anyways for the last two plus seasons. So they have such a cheap roster around him that they could stomach a 40 plus million dollar number and even front load it for that matter, make it a huge cap number in 2024 and have it, you know, drop down later and do the inverse that everyone else does and still be okay. I just don't know if I personally would be able to stomach that. Yeah, pretty much with you on this. Um, One other thing that's jumped out around the league is this. Um, like, what do you do if you're the Niners uh, this weekend? Rivalry game against the Rams. You've got the number one seed locked up. McCaffrey's dinged. you got the defensive line dinged. Like, I'm fine with sitting everybody, but Rob, I, I just want to remind people, you're not sitting for two straight weeks with the bye. I, I, I trust Shanahan. He's really, really good. I get it. I don't know, man. I, I just I don't know if you can sit guys for two straight weeks. Same with the Ravens. Now, they're very beat up. They come out of that Miami game. Um, they were down to like three healthy defensive backs. But again, two weeks out. And listen, I know people love Lamar and the Ravens. Yes, obviously. We've seen them lay some eggs in the postseason, no? Like, I'm kind of in the play guys for a quarter, but I don't know. There's no way I'm playing Trent Williams, right? Like, you you can't risk Williams. Obviously, C-Mac, if he's got the calf, you sit him. I'd probably sit Debo. And then again, it's like, why am I playing Brock Purdy behind an inferior rush facing Aaron Donald? Like something could happen and then playoffs, forget it, you know? Yeah, it's it's one of those questions that we're really going to be talking about all week because you go back even to the Peyton Manning era Colts and that was something that they wrestled with because they'd almost always clinch pretty early 
in the season because the division wasn't very good. Same thing with the Patriots. And so trying to decide whether or not you would play these guys in a meaningless game was always a tough situation. And I remember the Colts having that issue where they would sit guys, they wouldn't play for two weeks, and they'd come out sluggish. Now, they might not always lose, but they'd be sluggish. Um, that happened with Aaron Rodgers' Packers more, right. more recently. So that is something that they're going to have to decide. And I think it, it's more controversial for the Ravens than the Niners, if only because, like you mentioned, the last time they were in this position, 2019, Lamar's unanimous MVP season, they had come off the bye and they laid an absolute egg against the Titans. It was one of the worst performances I had seen relative to expectations. They were blowing the doors off of everyone that season. And it's like they looked like it was week one of the preseason. Yeah, They, they were a jumbled mess of on offense. Defensively, they weren't as tight as they wanted to be. And so I think for them, it's it's going to be a more important decision than the Niners. I think the Niners, you know, not that they're like a, a, a veteran, steadier team, but just because the history is not against them in the same way yeah. it is against Baltimore. I guess we could wrap up with this one. Like, um, I know we covered the uh, Ravens and Niners, but also the wild card kind of matters. Like, we're looking at a Lions-Rams first round game that's scintillating. So those two teams, I saw 61% that they're going to face off. That's the highest probability of the wild card matchups. Second most is Browns-Jags. I mean, at what point do you, if you're the Lions, consider sitting some guys? You know, if you're, I mean, Matt Stafford gets dinged up, forget it. Cooper Cup, it's over. Kyron Williams, like, I, 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 it's really difficult. I'm glad I'm not in this situation. Rob, I, there are no right answers, um, except if you're Philly, you got, you got to play guys and get right because they look so bad. They are leaking oil so badly right now. Yeah, the Philly and Kansas City, the two teams who are defending Super Bowl appearance guys, are ones who I would say. I know it's a risk, but you got to play your guys because you have not looked good now since October. Either one of those teams. Yeah. Even now, the obviously, the, the the Chiefs have been winning, but they don't. They haven't looked good. Yeah. Right. Well, and the Eagles obviously haven't looked good. I think they've lost what four in a row or four out of five, something like oh that. My so, gosh, it's ugly. yeah, they really got to get things tightened up. All right, we are back tomorrow. Heavy on the NFL playoff. Um, yeah, we'll talk to you then. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue, while you prep your meats. That grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.